You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Good morning, everyone. How are we doing? Happy Thursday. Welcome to Pre-Market Prep. I'm Spencer. We got Dennis here. Joel still on vacation, but he'll be back in a couple of days. Uh, Every time Joel and or Dennis goes out of town, it seems um, something interesting always happens. Uh, in this case, uh, yesterday was notable because the NASDAQ officially entered, uh, if you're into labels, uh, correction territory. We are down 10% from the all-time highs in the queues. We'll talk about that. We will talk about just the broad-based uh, sell-off yesterday and of a broad-based rally here this morning. Uh, China is up because uh, the uh, People's Bank in China lowered uh, a key interest rate there. Uh, we have some earnings to talk about. We got we're gonna talk, airlines are on our on our radar. Netflix is on our radar. Sony's on my radar. Uh, we will get to all of that and your questions. Mark Chaikin and Peter Tuckman are our guests. So hit that like button and uh, wake up your household because our show is starting right now. This is pre-market prep with. Joel Conan, Dennis Dick, and Spencer Israel. Dennis, you're in a fast market this morning. What's going on? Yeah, it's busy, man. Just so much chop. Yeah, so much chop. Lots of overnight positions here. One second. Just want to make sure that there's no echo, guys. If you guys in the comments hear an echo, please let us know. I did hear an echo during the intro. I don't know if that was Spencer or I I'm trying to just locate it. Okay, I appreciate that. I don't hear an echo on my yeah. end. Um, so we'll just make sure that we don't hear an echo. So we'll get confirmation from the chat. LZC says none, no echo this morning. So just the intro is echoing a bit. It's perfect right now. The goat says it's perfect. Let's rock and roll, Spencer. Israel, what's going on? Oh, I mean, here's a chart of your spy from the last couple of days. So you can see that, you know, it's it's been going down uh, pretty consistently. I'm more interested in the Q's low. If I can bring up that chart for, for you, because as I said, we have officially entered what they call a correction, a 10 oh. a 10% decline. Ah. Uh, if you if you're if you are in arc and you are seeing all these uh NASDAQ 
people freaking out that they're down 10%, you're probably laughing at them because you're like, 10%? <laughs> like 10%? I wish I was down 10%. I can, I can fall 10% in my sleep and not... Eric falls 10% a day! What are these people complaining about? Yeah. Anyway, so, uh, you, you know, your cues don't look great. Your IWM looks actually borderline scary here right now if you if you just look at want to look at that chart it looks like it's ready to fall off the cliff uh, it, it's falling dennis it's it's yeah. it's falling is what it's doing so uh not great there um you know bitcoin up a little bit ethereum up a little bit today um but those charts oh, not, that's not bitcoin but those charts also don't look super ideal nothing so, and absolutely nothing looks great right now i right. mean we had value trade working the first two weeks of the year that has started rolling over awful candle for berkshire hathaway yesterday the banks have been going down even despite having the decent reports morgan stanley bank america giving it all back I mean, this is the market where you sell the rip and you don't ask questions because buying the dip hurts. Selling the rip has never felt better. So if you're buying something, get out on those rips. Yesterday morning, same thing. I tweeted it out around 10, or actually around 9.45 when we ripped early in the morning. I tweeted it out and said, you know, when we were ripping higher, I was like, don't forget to sell the rip. And here we look, you know, and that, that, that S&P was around, or SPY was around 458, 458 and a half then. Close of 451.75. I mean, it seems like, remember 2020, when every time you sold something, you instantly regretted it? Yeah, that was it's fun. like like literally two days later, you, inst- you, you were regretting it. This is the exact opposite. Whenever you buy something here, you're regretting it two days later. I've tried to do some swing trade longs here. They're not working. Swing shorts are working very well. Swing longs just not working. You keep getting stopped out. I haven't really added anything to the long-term account. I've nibbled. I nibbled a little bit of IWM before the fall. It was a mistake. I nibbled a little bit of XBI before the fall. It was a mistake. I'm still sitting. I've actually sold because I sold some Qs back when we rallied. So I've actually probably increased my total cash holdings. I'm still sitting around over 35% cash. Usually I'm around 15 to 20 if I'm average invested. I'm sitting with a lot of cash right now, so I'm obviously not as con- I'm not concerned enough to like say get the hell out and raise up to 50% cash. But I've raised the cash because I am somewhat concerned that this correction could continue. Yeah, Ford I mean, awful day too yesterday. Know, that, that's Gets a forward. downgrade today. John, oh, that's chart. Yeah, that's an ugly candle. I mean, on a rally here now, you probably want to be getting you know lightning up on it. It's it's tough because you're looking here and you're like, oh, yeah, we want to buy. We want to buy. I mean, besides the Kathy stocks have really been hammered. I mean, there's a lot of stocks here that it just kind of started yesterday. So if they're going to start coming into the value names and start hitting those stocks now, too, it's a tough it's a tough tape. So I think, you know, if you're just looking, you got to be in, you you know, you what are you buying? What are you buying? We're going to make so much money. You got to be thinking defensive more here. You got to be getting defensive. I know some people have been hit really hard in some of those growthy names, but there's a lot of people that are actually still doing pretty well. Like I said, my long-term portfolio is right near all-time highs. Like it's off a little bit here, maybe three, four percent, but it's because it's got a lot of those value names. It's got a lot of that stuff in it. You know, part of me thinks I should just liquidate because we're going to go down twenty percent. Part of me thinks that we're going to go down twenty percent on you know the on the cues. And I, I think you know we're down ten. I think we could go down twenty halfway there. But yeah, but part of me thinks like, what if I'm wrong? 
So I don't want to like liquidate and, and, you know, then all of a sudden, you know, be regretting, oh my goodness, I went to cash and there was no reason because you do have the Fed that they're going to raise rates, but the market gets ugly enough. They'll start, you know, they'll start cooling talks of it. They're going to raise no doubt in March, but I mean, this talk of seven or eight rate hikes over the next five or six or, or, or even, you know, somebody was saying 13 rate hikes in the next two years. I mean, I, I don't see any of that happening. Jamie Dimon saying seven rate hikes this year. I don't see that happening because one, if they keep talking like that, the market's going to continue to leak. And we know this Fed is more market dependent than data dependent, it seems like. Well, they've, so they've said that themselves. If you, yeah, they will defend yeah. the market. Yeah. So, I mean, you look here, I think if you're all cash, you definitely probably want to get some money working and some stuff. I mean, um, SPY is coming up to critical support. If you look back in the December lows, 450, we bounced out of there. Back in early December, we're coming to retest that. And actually, it actually coincides nicely with the 451 low as well. Yesterday's low from December 20th. So a month later, we're retesting again. But again, remember, this is the market that I don't think it's just going to rip higher and you're going to miss it. You know, maybe I'm wrong. But, you know, and maybe some of these Cathy stocks are so beat up that maybe there is going to be, you know, a 5, 10, 20% heater one day, like ripping higher. And you'd be like, wow, I missed it. But I don't mind if I miss it here because I think the risk is just too high to, just, just to call the bottom. Um, and just to put this in, into context, um, this stat is courtesy of, of Beastbook. But the NASDAQ, if I can go back to that for a minute, uh, is off to its fourth worst start to a year um, in, in the first 12 days. It, it, it's, the four, it's the fourth worst first 12-day stretch uh, for a year ever in the NASDAQ, but that in and of itself is not necessarily indicative of what will happen the rest of the year, because the worst year, the worst start to a year ever for the NASDAQ was 08, which was a really bad year. But then like the third worst year was 09, which ended up being like an amazing buying opportunity. So it's not always clear, um, you know, what, uh, you know, what the first few weeks of the year portend for the rest of the year. Um, but you know, it, it just, just it's never clear. Right. I right. mean, we can take whatever fancy stats and look at it, but you know, you're projecting stuff out. Nobody knows anything. You're, you're always going to find the analysts on CNBC because they cherry pick the analysts that have the right call. They're like, man, everybody's a genius. You know, they go find the analysts that was bearish, you know, to start this right. year. They'll go find the analysts that were bullish last year. They'll go find the analysts that got the 4,500 price target on. I mean, it, it's, it, and you know, Twitter is the same way. When you're reading there, you think everybody's making money except me. That's the feel you get because nobody talks about their losers. They don't have the guts to do it. They want, you know, everybody to think that they're just a trading god. I mean, I have losers all the time, every single day. Lots of losers make lots of stupid trades. It's okay. Don't believe the hype. Not everybody's getting rich without you. And I will tell you, a lot of retail traders got killed last year because you have a lot, you know, a lot of these Twitter traders got killed. They were telling you to go in all these clover stocks, all these short squeeze stocks. Those did not work out. So don't believe that everybody is making money except you. Nobody's doing great in this market. I mean, the traders are doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good on a day trading perspective. But swing trading, I'm not doing any swing trades right now. You know, I'm just, in the, I'm not making any money swing trading right now. It's all day trading. And long-term investing, my portfolio is leaking a little bit. It's probably down 4 or 5%. It basically moves with SPY. I mean, I'm so QQQ and I'm so, you know, Apples and Amazons and all them. I basically move with the SPY. 
So you, you know what I can't wait for? I can't wait for the 27th because that's when Robinhood reports. And I want to know how many new accounts they had last quarter. You know what I mean? Because last quarter was, you know, we're talking now two, three, four quarters in a row where growth was out of favor. Right. So um, I, I want to see how, how their new account, um, you know, uh, how their new accounts changed at the, at the end of last year. That that could be a barometer for for, you know, retail sentiment going forward. Um, not every Robin Hood chart. Okay. I, I'm telling you, like I get one every single day. Are you buying Robin Hood? Are you buying Robin Hood? Are you buying Robinhood? This is like the last six months. Are you buying Robinhood? When are you buying Robinhood? When are you buying? I tried a couple times, but I got stopped out. So I tried it. I tried it twice, I think. I actually was yeah. up in it for a bit. I think I tried it back in like November. You see like the 35s when you had three, four lows. Then you had to move up to like 37. Uh, I was like, oh yeah, I'm the man. I got the bottom. And then yeah. boom, candle comes down, cuts through. I'm out. I'm making new lows. It's out. So yeah. I got stopped out and lost. You know, I lose like a buck. Just then, to be you know, clear. come back in. It's okay yeah. to exit the trade and re-enter. You know, like if it breaks down, like that twenty breakdown. Once it broke through twenty, you knew there's going to be trouble, wa- troublesome waters ahead. And you know what? You can always short it through those levels too. You know, I know I don't advocate like to newer traders to short stocks, but if you're an active day trader and you want to do this as a business, if you don't add shorting stocks to your tools. I mean, you're going to be always fighting the tape in a bear market and not making any money. I trade market neutral, so I have equal longs and equal shorts. Stocks are breaking down, I'll short them. Stocks, you know, is rallying for a stupid reason, I'll short it. You just got to, you know, have, you know, a more balanced approach to the market. So not like I'm all in short the market, I'm bearish. But, you know, from a day trading perspective, I kind of want to trade yeah. market neutral because right. I don't know what it's going to do the next day. We're, we are going to have Mark on in a couple minutes. We haven't gotten to earnings yet. We will get to that after Mark. Uh, I just wanted to make a note. Dennis talked about, you know, uh, safety, right? Uh, not everything is breaking down, just to be clear. If you want to uh, extrapolate the sell the rip trend, you may want to look at stocks like Coke, right? All-time high yesterday. Pepsi. All-time high yesterday. Hershey, all-time high. Right, defensive. Mondelez, all-time high. Gold stocks ripped yesterday. Look at ticker gold. Look at Eric Gold there. Yeah. Huge day, right? So it's not as if, just to be clear, not everything is down. There are Well, those those stocks go up in a down market. They're counter. They have actually, if you look at, you know, a lot of those stocks, they actually have a negative correlation with the overall market. So sometimes they have no correlation like gold, but you know, when it really gets tough, gold will get bought. And that's what we had a lot of fear yesterday because they started hammering the value. They started hammering the growth. They were hammering both. So they were hiding in consumer staples because Procter Gamble had a pretty good report and they were hiding in gold. Eventually they'll come for those hiding places too. If you really think if we start, if you if your projections are that we're gonna lose 20% on the S P and you're buying stocks. You're doing it wrong. If you think the S&Ps are going down 20%, you short stocks. You don't buy Procter & Gamble. But you have long-only portfolios that don't know what to do with their cash. And they're nervous. So they're rebalancing and they're getting in a little more conservative stuff to try to lock in their gains that way because they have to stay invested. You as an individual trader have no mandate. You don't have to stay invested. If you think the market's going down 20%, you're short stocks. I don't know if it's doing that. I'm not advocating to short stocks. I'm just saying, I don't think we're out of the woods here. I don't think because we're rallying 18 handles today that this party's over. I don't think because China's lifting that, you know, we're, you know, the bear party's over. I think we still have the least path of least resistance is still lower. So that keeps me out of swing longs right now. 
and makes me still, you know, leaning a little bit on the short side of my day trading, but not bottom picking and trying to load up my investment portfolio. Not yet. Right. And the idea here is that like the quote unquote defensive sectors like utilities and consumer staples will typically will hold up better than um, cyclical sectors like technology. But that that doesn't mean that doesn't mean they have to that they can't go down. They very well can and, and will go down in a prolonged bear market. They will just typically not go down as much. That's kind of the key word there. But don't assume that Hershey, Coke, and all these defensive, all, all these food stocks are are primed to just go higher regardless, even though they're at all-time highs right now. And yeah. if the market turns, if the Kathy stocks turn, those stocks will go lower. They're going to move opposite with the Kathy stocks. Yep. Yep. All right. Uh, so we will get to the earnings after Mark. Let's bring on Mark Chaikin, though. I want to know how he's feeling. Yesterday, I sent him an email confirming for today. He said... He is going to uh, – oh, wait. I, I don't want to misquote him. I don't want to misquote him. He said he'll have his crash helmet on. Uh-oh. Mark. Here he comes. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. He's got the crash helmet on. Uh, There we go. Before I uh, get into the market scenario, I wanted to amplify on what Dennis said. What I've been doing in my accounts is selling naked calls on stocks that I actually like that are breaking down, which is a different way to um, get your head in the right direction if you are in a downtrend slash bear market. So rather than give up some long positions that I like long term, uh, selling out of the money calls, premiums are still really high. And so selling covered calls, you meant? Well, but even on stocks that I've stopped myself out of, Okay, so you're out of it, but you still kind of like it. I get it. Yeah, so I stopped out of Unity Software, but... I I got stopped out on it too. Yeah, still selling covered calls way above the market and getting nice premiums. And from a margin point of view, if if you're not a day trader, the requirements melt away when they stop, you know, when they get further from the strike price. So really efficient way. And as you say, you're generating profits. You look at your, you know, P&L, and hey, I, you know, I made eight thousand or six thousand today, and then you stop fussing over some of the other stuff. But let's get to the other stuff. I mean, everybody's so, asking questions like I get, and I'm sure you get it too, Mark. Is like, what are you buying? What are you buying? What are you buying? And I respond like, well, right now in the long term portfolio, I'm not buying much. Every time I try to buy something, I get stopped out on stopped it. But out. What, what are you buying? Ford. Are you buying anything? Ford. We talked about that uh, two weeks ago. Made a new all-time high two days ago. Um, they may be the serious competitor to Tesla in the space. Everybody's raving about the 150, and um, you know it's selling like crazy. So uh, I think there's there's a cyclical play. It's it came down nicely yesterday. Could have a little more downside. That's a stock you like. I I don't get caught up in the defensive, um, particularly consumer staples, although. Uh, Procter and Gamble and K-Rig Dr Pepper have very bullish ratings and PepsiCo, but 
Yeah, as you say, the upside on those is somewhat capped, and you're really betting on a bear market uh, or something akin to a bear market. So where are we? Uh, we're in pullback mode now, down 6% on the S&P. In theory, we're in correction mode on the QQQs, down over 10%. And uh, the statistic that stood out that I think spooked everybody who reads that kind of stuff is that as of Friday, uh, 40%, 50% of the stocks in the NASDAQ composite were down 40% or more. So there's been a stealth bear market. First in the stay-at-home, shop-at-home stocks, which peaked, I don't know, maybe 12 months ago. February, yeah. Yeah, now in the Kathy Wood-type uh, stocks, you know, the, the growth stocks that you might or might not want to own long-term with no earnings. And with regards to Kathy, rather than looking for those stocks to rally, I'm going to go back to an old Wall Street uh, adage, which is that a bear market doesn't end until the last bull throws in the towel. And based on her comments yesterday, Kathy is not throwing in the towel. She actually said there's a bubble in value, value stocks. Yeah. I mean, that's this woman has lost it. She really has lost it. So uh, her assets in the big fund have shrunk to around $12 billion. Um, Morningstar is the place to get the most accurate um, AUM So she's value. seeing some redemptions? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, on a given day, 365 million, 500. There hasn't, you know, there hasn't been a flood. But when you see the flood, that may be when this um, stealth bear market in these no earning, high potential tech stocks ends. Yeah, I, I'll pull up a, a visualization of, of the flows in, into uh, into ARC right now. Sure, that's just interesting. To, just to give you an idea. Where do you uh, get that, Spencer? I've, I have a hard time finding that. Yeah, I, I never write down the website that publishes it, it. It's a bit of a moving target. Uh, I will admit there are uh, lots of, there are a few different sources and they, they won't all say the same information. Um, this site that I use that is free is uh, there. It, it, you can even just Google like ETF fund flow tool. It's from ETF.com. Um, okay. And uh, this is just a visualization of the, this is just ARKK. So, yeah. you, and this is going back two yeah. years now, right? But, but you can see the crazy inflows end of 2020, early 2021, and uh, the massive inflows have stopped, long since stopped, right? And and now, as Mark it was said, all inflows, it was only people buying right. ARC up till February, right? Basically, non stop inflows. Look at that, that's unbelievable that there's hardly any like this is like daily. Is that? Daily yeah, candles. Yeah, daily. This is daily. So we like we, almost every single day. There's yeah. net inflows going into that fund. And you know, she just got about, too much money thrown at her, and I don't think she knew what to do with it. We talked about this before too. Is like when was the top? Also, it was right after right. It was yeah. February, right? It's yeah. right, right after the, the flows. Right, exactly. So, um, yeah, as Mark just said, it's not like there's been a, like a waterfall of outflows, but the inflows have stopped coming. You can see here, it's just a, you know, it's basically she's she's losing. Assets on a net basis, but it's not it's not a crazy amount. But um, you know the parade of it looks kind of like there's some inflows and outflows. When you start seeing that chart all outflows, that's when we're going to start to get to the bottom mark. Exactly. When you start to that's see the mirror image of what we saw in 2020, 
where it's just all outflows because then you'll get into a situation where she's got to start liquidating stuff. Yeah. Well, she's already in that situation. They had a big tax bill. I don't know if anybody realizes it's one of the few ETFs that distributed capital gains last year. Uh, so, yeah. And she had that one day where she sold a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. She that. sold a bunch of stocks. That. So yeah. maybe it's not, maybe you're right. Maybe it's not Kathy throwing in the towel because I don't think she's wired that way to ever admit that her style and strategy don't work. But maybe it's when the investors throw in the towel. And I think start so. Liquidating. Right. So, and also, if you're being uh, sort of influenced by comparisons to 2000, instead of looking at the QQQs, I think you look at ARKK. And there you're seeing the capitulation. So where are we headed from here? A, today should be an up day because of this pattern I've noted on here that uh, really turnaround Thursday goes both ways. If you look at the five days leading up to Thursday's price action, this goes back to a guy named George Angle from the 90s who traded the, um, e the E-mini futures. Thursday will reverse whatever happened uh, typically in the four to five days leading up to it. So that sets us up for a bounce in here. I think the 4,500 level, maybe 4,450, 4,500 is critical. One thing to note, Pullbacks typically last a month and reverse very quickly and make new highs. That's the pattern. Uh, we've used that chart many times in our webinars. That's the pattern that Ned Davis um, identified five years ago. So anything between 5 and 10% on a closing basis in the S&P typically lasts four weeks. And then within four weeks, you rally to make a new high. So uh, unless the Fed is really going to you know, push the brake pedal through the floorboard and make a big policy error, we should see a bounce in here into mid-February at some level from 4450 to 4500 would That would keep with this trend of chop, right, you know, that, 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 yeah. that we've seen. So it uh, makes some sense. Um, but one, one thing that I'd like to point out for people who are wringing their hands uh, is that we are going into the midterm elections. If... The Democrats lose the Senate and the House. Biden is basically a lame duck for two years. And who, who, you know, the biggest concern is the economy and the and inflation. And right now, Biden is basically encouraged or not discouraged what the Fed wants to do. And, you know, it's interesting that Powell has enlisted a lot of Wall Street to help get his message across. Jamie Dimon the analyst, the uh, strategist at Goldman, who was way ahead of the curve with four rate hikes. Uh, how, when's he going to break? You know, if we were to, let's say we were down 20% in the S&P, that means the NASDAQ would be down 28. And the IUM would be down probably 35%, call it 30. What's Biden's, you know, sort of incentive to let that keep going with an election coming up in just 11 months. He's totally out of power if that happens. Could Powell make a policy error? Yeah, he's in the middle of doing it right now, potentially tightening into a recession, or a, a lot of people think there's a recession coming because what inflation is doing. So could we get, could we just say, could the ugly word potentially happen where we go into stagflation, where the economy actually starts to go into recession, inflation still is sticky? Can that happen? It, it's possible. It happened in the 70s, late 70s. 
Um, I sort of doubt it because the central banks have become much more proactive than they were in the 70s. But at some point, and that's why they're raising rates, I think you're pushing on a string if rates are down very low. They're not anymore. And remember, it's the rapid pace of rate rises that really spooks the market. If we get a period, and I don't know when it happens, if it happens, where rates sort of level off, have a couple of down days or a down week, then, you know, this re-rating of price earnings ratios on tech stocks will, in theory, stop. But it, it's a tough environment, as you say, for swing trading and for investing. Um, but if you're looking at stocks like Ford, maybe a K-Rig Dr. Pepper, which I really like because it's, it's All right. they got two, two plays here. Um, and still some of the building stocks, some of the stocks that support, remember the home building numbers were phenomenal yesterday. And um, there are plenty of solid yeah. companies that support home building. I, the market doesn't seem convinced of that yet, but uh, yes. Well, interest rates. You know, hey, rates. everything, it's all machines now. It's not men. We, uh, right. My partner, Carlton Neal, wrote a piece yesterday saying there are no more investment committees on Monday who parse all the data and decide what to do. It's just machines. And the machines say higher interest rates, sell the home builders. It's, it's like... It's very knee-jerk, but it does drive the market on a Headline-driven, too. I mean, we yeah. see it all the time where you get a headline, and it's like, oh, and then, you know, you see the whipsaw the other way because the headline didn't have all the details in it, and all of a sudden, you know, somebody actually reads the story, and it's like, oh, that headline was misleading. I mean, yep. I see it on news all the time where you see a boom, it was a knee-jerk reaction, stock rallies, and then they're like, whoa, whoa, wait a second, devil's in the details here, machines don't read the details. Well, so what, one comment here. Oh, sorry, Spencer. Oh, go ahead. One comment that you can't lose sight of the ball. Uh, and odds are this bull market is not over. It's just how we get to the next new new wave. And I think you got to start looking at the stocks that you like long term. Look at Activision Blizzard. Why did Microsoft buy them the metaverse? You know, that yeah, they said they want yeah. To, to increase their game portfolio, but it's the metaverse. So if you go back to the stocks that are going to drive the metaverse, NVIDIA, which is, I think, giving you an attractive buying opportunity down here, uh, Unity Software, maybe Roblox. I'm not sure what the, um, what the fundamentals really look like. They're either acquisition candidates, not NVIDIA, but, or they're where you want to be long term. And I think you have to look for comfortable buying opportunities in stocks like this. Now you, you're you're catching a javelin, admittedly. Yeah. I don't oh, like yeah. doing that. I'm, it's a great point, Mark. It's stocks that I'm looking at too on my wish list from growth. You just named them all. Unity would be right there. I've tried it a couple of times. I keep getting stopped out because it keeps going lower. Um, Nvidia, I would like to get back in. I sold it, unfortunately, right during the whole covid crisis i'd love to get my stock back um so if it was to come down a little bit lower i'd probably jump back into that too I, roblox is interesting in itself too it's been cut in half in two months incredible really when you think about it 141 dollars down to 76 you got a huge support down at 70 i think if you were to get down to that 70 level another 10 percent lower from here i think you do find buyers in roblox yeah and trade desk i still love trade oh yeah it's, it's trading I that one for a while wow that's come down too these are all coming to good support so you're coming into levels where if you want to nibble i mean we're not gonna you know maybe the market's gonna bite your hand off but look the november low going to joel Conan's levels theory 
68.46 yesterday's low, 68.34. So interesting coincides perfectly there. So you got a critical support level, and you can always buy stocks on support. When they breach support, you sell them. So if you want, you could take a shot. Yeah, and, and as you say, there could be an upside surprise. Let's say we make a low in here in the next couple of days, and we rally into a February peak, and some of these shorts start to cover. Uh, I, I don't know because so much is dependent on the Fed and whether or not Powell has his you know hand on the nuclear button or just the brake and the and the gas pedal and you know if he goes nuclear and four rate hikes with one a fifty basis point hike to tell people he's serious you know that's the equivalent of shock and awe in the yeah. Iraq War um, I, you know then then all bets are off because the market. Uh, is so sensitive to the short-term pace of interest rates. So I uh, wish we could be on next week because I think there's going to be a, a, a buying opportunity in the cards. So that's why I wanted to leave on a positive note. I just don't think you can walk away from the stocks that you want to own at this point. You just have to, as, as Dennis said, be, be prepared for a little bit of short-term pain if you're a long-term investor. Mark Chagan joins our show every other Thursday. He is the creator of Chagan Money Flow, uh, Chagan Power Gauge, several of the Chagan Oscillators, several other long-standing indicators. Mark, always a pleasure. Have a good rest of the week. Be well. By the way, I didn't have my seatbelt on, Spencer. Uh, that's right. Nor, nor did you. Nor were you actually wearing a helmet. I, I was half expecting uh, a, a helmet. Do you, <laughs> do you know what that does to the little hair I have left? Oh, <laughs> helmet doesn't work. All right. Be well, guys. Dennis, uh, be my trading buddy since we're trading the same stocks. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll get in there. We're going to get in some of these stocks here eventually, Mark. Eventually, we'll get a bottom. I, I don't know what to say, though. Obviously, we're initial jobless claims. We're getting a little lift here in the market right now. So keep that in mind. If you are trading stocks, we are seeing some pretty good movement here right now initial on that 830 job, number. Thanks for warning me, Spencer. Claims. Initial jobless claims. But, we... Thanks for warning me again, Spencer. I... Come on. Go wide. Sold, 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 sold. Time out. Time out. Okay. Initial jobless claims. Um, Yes, can move things, but it's a weekly indicator. It doesn't move the market every single week. Um, Today. Today today it is. uh, The jobless claims came in uh, dramatically higher than the estimates. So this is a case of... uh, what bad news is good news? I guess because this isn't great news, right? Two hundred and ninety-six thousand jobless claims filed last week versus a two hundred and twenty thousand estimate and a two hundred and thirty thousand figures for the week prior. So uh, more jobless claims isn't an inherent. It's not an inherently good thing, but I guess bad news is good news here. Is what that I don't know. I don't know. I'm interpreting. No idea. But anyway, um, let, let's go to the earnings here for a second. We had uh, United last night and American reporting this morning, and yeah. they both seem to just sit, say the same thing, which is that the recovery uh, in, in, in airlines, in their business, uh, in, in business travel uh, specifically, has not yet happened. And uh, Omic- if anything, Omicron has just delayed that recovery uh, a couple quarters is basically the tone that uh, both companies were striking on their conference call in, in their in, in their statements and in interviews. So here's the UAL chart. Let's move to a an interday chart. You can see the reaction. So it, we dropped off that report last night, bouncing this morning. AAL um, looks almost identical to that. <laughs> so um, yeah, 
but that's uh, the takeaway. Recovery has not yet happened. I thought there was going to be a reopening rally here. That has like failed in the last three days miserably. I bought a bunch of reopening stocks, stopped out on all of them again. Remember, when you're doing stuff and you're trying your swing longs, you got to stop yourself out. And you know, I tried a couple of them, and immediately they started breaking down a new lows. So, um, I mean, interesting American Airlines. I didn't try this stock, but interesting CEO comments. He's on there on CNBC saying, "Well, the the leisure travel travelers because." Uh, Becky quick asking great questions like why are the airline tickets so cheap right now and they really are i mean you can fly she was saying um, in california i guess it depends bucks. i i've I noticed where you're going i've noticed that they've gotten cheaper in the last month but a month ago or two months ago it was crazy so maybe things have changed in the last couple they weeks. went up a little bit no they went down a lot down. in the last couple of weeks like there it was insane i was looking at flights to vegas you know, a month ago, two months ago, and it was ridiculous. Things have come down since then, so maybe. Anyway, finish that thought. Um, so she asked, you know, what, you know, why are the airline tickets so cheap? You know, how's the business doing? He's like, well, the leisure traveler has come back strong, but the business traveler has not come back. Mm. Um, he says, um, eventually the business travel is going to come back, and then we'll be operating business as usual. And I'm like, I even tweeted out, I was like, you think the business travelers? coming back like it was in 2019 there was a lot of businesses that say i save a hell of a lot of money doing a zoom call or you know a call on cisco webex or on you know call on any of the other microsoft teams there's a million of them there now the business traveler this to even example cfa institute um which i've obviously been involved with for a long time i was on their capital markets policy council we used to have um meetings every six months when we'd go and we'd meet um all over the place like i've flown to japan i've flown you know having different meetings they fly us around these meetings were expensive that's all done through virtual calls now so these these meetings you know they've cut serious expenses there and you know and it's a non-profit organization i mean there is a lot of businesses and business travel that's not coming back sure. so they they can say on there oh yeah the air the business traveler is eventually coming back it's not and that's why long-term the airlines are just still bad bets because they rely so much on that business travel. I mean, you know, you think about, you know, a first-class ticket, which is your business travelers buying those. And they're three, four times as much in some cases as the coach tickets. So you, you're jumping in. You think it's going to be, you know, just business as usual. I'm going to go back to COVID levels 2019. I think the leisure travel that, you know, obviously is going to come back and maybe come back stronger than it even was back in 2019. But that business travel is not coming back like it was. And that's a serious issue for the airlines. Um, I've I've flown uh, for thinking on business trips, but I, I, I'm unfamiliar with this business class you speak of, Dennis. <laughs> oh, you don't get to fly in the business class with Benzinga? <laughs> no, no, I don't know what that is. <laughs> so, well, and a lot of other uh, businesses aren't going to know what it is either. Because I don't think it's coming back like it was. I don't, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, you know, I'm not seeing, you know, the forest through the trees or something. But I just think there's going to be a lot of businesses that say, look, we save hundreds of thousands of dollars by doing virtual meetings now and millions of dollars in bigger cases, you know, a bigger business. I think you're going to see a lot of that business travel never come back. Uh, for, for, I mean, just anecdotally, my, my parents are in Florida right now and they flew down. Granted, they flew Frontier, which is a discount airline, but they flew down for like 
I think like 70 bucks a person round trip. It was cheap right now. Ridiculous. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, my buddy just flew to Florida. Same thing. He said that the plane was about two thirds full and the tickets, he was just doing the math on. He's like, they're losing a lot of money on this flight because my yeah. tickets weren't even expensive. It was only two thirds full. And, you know, just figuring, you know, you got your stewardess, you got two pilots, you got all the fuel. He's like, there's no way they're making money on this plane. Like not even covering the variable costs. Well, it's tough, man. Tough I, business for the airlines. Real tough. The, what can they do then other than just cut back supplies is, is all they can do is is, is 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 cut back on the routes, I guess. But I don't know. All right. Um, and then just on the earnings front here, um, we have Netflix tonight. So that's relevant, obviously. Yeah. Uh, for those watching in the Netflix report, the implied volatility here is 8%. So what does that come out to you? We're talking like, what's that, 40-something dollars? Um $48 or something like that. So that, that'll be your implied move. Uh, for it's the beat up going into the report too. So it actually, it has a fairly low bar to get over your at key support. I'm not going to gather on whether the numbers are good or not, but I'll just say if the numbers are okay, you could see a relief rally in this thing. If they're even okay. Mm-hmm. Don't forget. They also raised prices last week. So, uh, they're, I'm sure they'll talk about that. Um, okay, uh, let's go to China here, uh, uh, Dennis, because every single Chinese stock, it seems like, is trading higher this morning because the People's Bank of China overnight came out and they cut um, – the overnight lending rates, basically, they they lowered their or not overnight, but they lowered the one year loan prime rate by uh, ten bips uh, from three point eight percent to three point seven percent. So uh, every Chinese stock is trading higher because hey, it's easier and cheaper to borrow money. Growth, 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 and we got Baba, we got JD. You can go the FXI. Everything is trading higher. Let's zoom out though. Are you still on the maybe? buy camp in some of these names yeah i think so yeah. um buying dips not rips today you get a rip so i wouldn't be buying today i'm still on the baidu it's the only okay. one i held i had I bought jd and baidu i sold the jd because it went up 25 percent in five days and i'm like that's just a ring the register opportunity in this market obviously should have rebought it because it came all the way back down you know six seven points from where i sold it now it's moving right back up to those levels i kept the baidu bidu i like the baba I like all these. I think they're. I think the lows are in. I think the valuations have gotten cheap enough that the lows are in. The only risk is that you know China starts to obviously. You know, this is doing the opposite. I mean, it looks like it's going to be helping their securities for once. So this is a good change of um, you know, the, the bad investors' taste here, where they actually do something to help their companies along here. So um, I, I think it's a good sign. I think I'd be buying pullbacks on. And if you're looking at areas to buy. I like Mark's call with some of those stocks that he was mentioning, but I think I think uh, looking at stocks, the emerging markets is a place to look right now on pullbacks. Wow, All right. yeah, I guess the key... I was saying that week or two ago. Oh, and that's no, why yeah, I bought some. No, They've come up quite a bit from there, but on pullbacks key, again. Keyword there, keyword there uh, that I fail to hear often is is on pullbacks. That's the key. Yeah, like I and and uh, and go into because you're interested in Sony here, and Sony yeah. has had a serious pullback. Yeah, yeah, Sony's had a, uh, a, a you know big pullback here, so it's up in the pre market now. You know, we're up. We were at one, well, we we're at one ten yesterday, so we're at one fourteen now. So we're up three percent overnight. Um, yeah, so uh, this is when I was I was sort of eyeing. 
I've sh- I've just been watching it in the last couple of days. It's gotten crushed. And so crushed. I, I right. So I thought, all right, I maybe want to come in here and and buy the dip. But Dennis is trying to say I should wait for another down day, or at least wait till flush back to like one ten. Rather than buy it, yeah, it's up four bucks here today. I mean, I think the one ten level now is a level you could lean on. Uh, I don't like buying rips. I mean, if you really think you're going to miss it, and it's going to go right back to one twenty, one twenty five. So much overhead supply there, though. So I look at this and think, well, if it gets back to one twenty, it's probably a selling opportunity. So you're buying it five bucks up from where it just closed. I mean, I think you get, I think you'll get another shot at one ten. Um, you know, but sometimes you don't. I mean, I thought I was going to get another shot at JP Morgan way back when it was $30 and Joel taught, talked me out of buying it and uh, <laughs> obviously yeah. went higher. So sometimes you do miss them. I always just think even if I miss it, there's always another train ready to leave the station. Hey, so I, I'd I, wait for a pullback. Can, can I get some fundamental color on Sony here? This is courtesy of Wedbush. Um, so, there, you know, obviously Sony's down because of the Activision deal with Microsoft, right, and the implications of that. Um, sales... Um, to, uh, of Activision to Sony are, are, are only about 6% of Sony's game segment revenue and 3% of their profits. There is very little uh, near-term earnings impact for Sony on this Activision. Well, of course, there is, there's no, no near-term uh, implication because the deal won't close for a year, so there's probably no impact for at least a year until the deal even closes. Um, and here's a comment from Sony itself. This is their first public comment on this. They said, we expect that Microsoft will abide by contractual agreements and continue to ensure Activision games are multi-platform. Um, okay, I'm for it. Uh, I'm eyeing Sony is, is the takeaway here. I haven't bought it yet, but um, hey, if Take-Two can do what it did, you look at that Take Two chart. If it can do what it did, Sony can do it. Sony can do that too. You know what I mean? I sold half my Take Two yesterday, so I have I've had Take Two in the long term portfolio for a long time. It closed the gap. It was a ridiculous sell off. So we know I've owned Zynga and Take Two. Take Zynga got sold. I t- I sold half my Take Two yesterday too. I'm lightening stuff up, so I continue to sell into rallies, and that's in the long term portfolio. So I'm just continuing to raise cash, um, and I may be wrong. But I mean, the stock just came back from 138 to 160. I think I sold 160. It got to 168 yesterday. It was a 30 point rally in six days. I mean, I think I sold at one. It was up 10 when I sold it. So I don't know what that was. Like maybe 165, 166 right in there. So I mean, I just come back so much so fast, fills the gap, the technical sell all the way. If you're buying take two now, way. Oh, no, no, no. You don't party. buy it now. You definitely don't that's buy it. Why I, that's why I was looking. I think I'll get it back. So I think I'll get it back. I think I'll get it back in the lower 140s. I got to remember to buy it, though. But anyway, I only sold half. Uh, someone just mentioned Corsair. How is that doing? Uh, well, yeah. these have been beat up, and well, this is sitting right on support. Today. Yeah, it's up 4% today, so it's early. but uh, That's a bad. Well, no, 2123, you're right. It is up 4% today. That's not even a bad tick. It's widespread. Uh, you got huge support there. I mean, some of the Kathy stocks... You know, not that this is a Kathy stock, but I throw it in that category. You know, the, the you know, retail-driven uh, Twitter, you know, whatever it is. Um, I, this is everybody's been talking about this one for a while. I I think you got support at 20 bucks. So if you want to try take a shot, lots of support here in 1974. My concern, it's been down here so long that they don't usually give you a chance to buy the bottom this many times so usually it's going to eventually take it out there's a lot of people have been bottom fishing in this but it's still holding and support is support until it's broken 20s critical support if i was going long here right now i would stop myself out the low of the move which is 1974 
Dennis, you want to see a stock that we never talk about anymore, but we used to? Sure. WWW. Wait, oh my gosh! I know. I looked at it the other day, and it's remember, getting a downgrade. Remember, today. When was, remember when it was above a hundred? It's bubbles when bubbles burst. It's twelve dollars. Yeah, when your stock goes from thirteen to a hundred, you sell it. When your stock goes, let me repeat this: when your stock goes from thirteen to a hundred in one year, and you're up eight hundred percent in one year, you sell it. And you know what? If you don't sell it, you lose it all. And it all came back. So, I mean, there is so many investors that if your stock goes up a thousand percent over the course of 10 years, maybe it grew into that. WW just didn't all of a sudden become the company. I mean, 2017, and that's just the craziest move. And then you had, you know, 2019, 2020, it's kept trying to come back, but that was the Oprah effect, right? Uh, when was Oprah was getting on board. Yeah. You can actually see the candle uh, here. Let's go to the chart. There is a giant gap. In the fall of 2015, I'm 90% sure that was the day that Oprah joined the board of Weight Watchers. And uh, it was it, it stock went in one day, it it, it doubled or tripled in, yeah. in one day, right? So, yeah. Uh, yeah, anyway, this is, I mean, it's down again this morning. I just thought I'd bring that up. And then uh, another one that caught my eye here, and this is, this is a good lesson in, in buying IPOs, is Casper, CSPR. So that merger, that acquisition... Uh, they're, they're getting taken private. That acquisition got approved by shareholders. Uh, so that's going to go through. And this this is a lesson in in buying IPOs. And, and the, 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 the company, the stock now is getting taken over for uh, at, at half the valuation it was when it went public. You know what I mean? So the, here, the stock went an IPO to the opening tick was 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 fourteen fifty, And now we're selling for six and change today. Right. So, um, you know, it, yeah, it's just it's a lesson in buying IPOs. It, is it's also a lesson in buying a stock just to, because you think it might get taken over because in some cases you sit around for these takeovers and the stocks continue to leak it's like oh but it's a takeover candidate and then eventually it gets taken over and it gets taken over at a price way lower than you originally bought it I, Zing, Zing, buy good companies with good fundamentals zing zinga too zing is an example of that yeah. it is i got lucky because i cut out when it broke through 10 and then i reloaded at seven uh, but I took some heat on that. I went to 550. So, yeah. and, you know, obviously I get taken out at, you know, nine or whatever it was. But I mean, it wasn't, you know, a fun ride. And a lot of people probably bought this at 10 and, you know, got taken out at nine. It's like, well, that still sucks. I still lost money. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. all right. It is eight. It's a tough market environment right now. We're not in 2020 anymore. And again, I just want to reiterate what I was saying before. I mean, everybody goes back to 2020 saying, I was doing so well in 2020. I know I can start doing well again because I've done it before. But remember, the market was gifting profits in 2020. If you were a long-only trader, you could do no wrong. This is what trading is really about, chop. This is a real trading environment. This is not an exception to the rule. People think that 2022, it's like, well, this is just, you know, a pullback, and eventually we're going to go back to 2020 trading. I've traded for 22 years. You, I've seen a lot of different markets, and 2020 was another animal. I was even saying that back then. I was like, this is not normal. It's not normal to watch a stock go up. You know, I even joked. I bought Glue Mobile at like six, and I got taken out at like 12. And I was like, I actually probably underperformed a lot because a lot of my other stocks went up 300%. I mean, and that was just the environment it was in. 2020 was just silly from a swing trading perspective and an investing perspective. That was not a normal environment. Mm -hmm. Everything got way oversold because of COVID in March of 2020, and it created one of the best buying opportunities of all time. And then it just got silly and overextended, and they obviously started buying everything. 
And it all ended, you know, back in February of 2021. That's when most of the stocks topped out and we've been going down ever since. So just, you know, remember that trading is a game where you get 10, 15% on something, you know, like in this environment, I think you got to be booking the gains because this is not 2020. And I don't think we're going back into this rip your face off rally and we're going to S&P 7,000 this year. I don't think that's happening. I might be wrong, but I don't think we're in that environment. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's you always say, you know, not you, but people say it's a pendulum. We went crazy one way, we yeah. went crazy the other way. Now we're, you know, the 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 amplitude's getting smaller, right? It's just do it's doing that, right? And we're just going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. So, anyway, um, can we do some ticker time. Yeah, ticker time. Sorry, I got I got distracted here for a second. Uh, and to those asking, yes, I I I'm out of my DWAC. Uh, so uh, that was a, that pulled back down. Stop. That was a that. great wreck of a trade, but what are you going to do? It happens. Uh, totally chasing, crazy. and and we can learn. I love learning from other people's mistakes because usually I have to learn from my own mistakes. So uh, the one thing you did wrong there was really chasing it. Well, no, so. no. The one thing I did wrong wrong was not listening to myself. I had a plan. I ignored my plan. I I called an audible. Never call an audible. Never call an audible. <laughs> that was the mistake. I screwed the pooch horribly on that one because we got down. I, I had a, a, a sell stop in place. It was like 8150 and we got close to it. And I thought, you know, you know what? Cancel, cancel the sell stop. I, I'm going to ride this thing out. Uh, that was the mistake. Uh, but yes, chasing was also not great. Okay. You've sold out of it now. Yeah. I'm out. Uh, okay. So wait, do, do we talk, we talked about Ford already, right? Uh, yeah. Um, just to, I know Mark said he'd be buying Ford. I wouldn't be buying Ford here now. I've been in it for a long time. I'm probably holding on to it because I do believe Mark is right that this is going to be a major player in EV and its valuation is actually not expensive. And I think they're going to have the number one selling EV vehicle in the Lightning. Um, I want to buy one myself. I probably will buy oh, one myself. It looks so good, don't they? Yeah, I probably will buy it, um, the, the vehicle too. So I'm probably holding my Ford, but that was an ugly candle yesterday. I'd be selling into strength if I had it on for a swing trade. Because that's a that's a breaking candle where now you've got bag holders from 24 to 25 um, looking to get their money back. So I think in our, on, on strength, mm. we get back up, you know, maybe get a little rally in the overall market. Today we get a downgrade, so it's leaking here again. You get these Johnny-come-lately analysts that wait for the first down candle, and they're like, okay, now strike. It's starting to show some relative weakness, and they do. Um, I'd be a seller of, of rallies in it now, uh, although I don't know if I will because my cost base is a 7, and I don't want to realize the tax. We got Jason Razik in the chat. I can't tell if he's saying good morning or GM as in like General Motors, but I'm going to assume he's saying General Motors. Just Same ask. thing. I'd be a seller of rallies in the General Motors. Jason Razik, the people want to know when are you coming back on the show. Jason, you have an open invitation. Come back to us, Jason. I know. He never comes on, he never the, show comes on the show anymore. <laughs> I don't know where he is. Uh, he's out there. He's gone. He's already left. Yeah, he's so yeah. busy, man. That guy is just busy. He's everywhere. He's so busy. Uh, someone just dropped Caterpillar in the chat. Uh, sure, we can look at Caterpillar. Oh. Breaking candle yesterday. Sell rallies. Value is uh, is to be sold on rallies, in my opinion. Now you had the nice run up. Everybody's hiding value stocks. And all of a sudden, they pulled the rug out from under those yesterday. I think, and also. Not coincidence. It went ex-dividend yesterday. I always say stocks strong ahead of ex-dividend. Week after, uh, probably caught some dividend capture traders in there too. So all the reason in the world to sell cat in the strength. So as you get a little rally in cat, which you're getting a buck here this morning, 
couple more bucks, I'd sell it. Uh, what would you sell Exxon Mobil? Let me bring up the chart. It's amazing. Has, oil hasn't really broke yet, though, even yesterday. So I, I, I'd be scared. Like, I, I mean, it's a big move for ExxonMobil. I have a small day trading position in it, too. So full disclosure, um, it, and I will be tra- exiting that type. It's a very small position. Okay. Um, but So I'll just say from a longer-term perspective, maybe you're holding it from a swing trading perspective, it's a pretty good move. 60 to 73, that's talking like 15% in 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 days. It's overextended. So I'd be, put, I'd be tight on my stops here. Uh, I'm going through the chat. There's many tickers flying. I'm trying to find ones we don't. Okay, Spotify. We look at. I look at this like once a week or so, not super often. Yeah, it goes um, down every day. Uh, every well, day the not, stock goes down. Not this morning. So you would sell that pop this morning. Um, they're so bloody oversold. I'm more inclined to short value right now. Believe it or not, really. Than the growth that goes against what we've been saying for the last three months. Yeah, I know. What well, did we got to change? The value's been yeah. working. All yeah. this money that's been working. I yeah. think right now, I think value broke yesterday. I think you got to sell your value names into strength right now. Wow. So, yeah, I bring the register on the value names right now. This is how we This is how we go on the show. You got to watch the show every single day because we're going to change our opinions. Values just come up too much. It's worked for too long. So I think the trades are crowded now. The Berkshire Hathaway break, that candle is an ugly candle yesterday. And that's my indicator that all the value names should be sold on strength. They all broke down yesterday. It was the value that led the charge down yesterday, not growth. So I'm more inclined to short value stocks right now into strength than growth stocks because the value stocks are overbought. The growth stocks are oversold. I don't like shorting oversold things because you get those rip your face off rallies. You're not going to get a rip your face off rally in Caterpillar because it's already had the rip your face off rally. <laughs> so it's safer, believe it or not, to short value right now than it is to short growth. Wait, wait, That's right, the trader talking. Read wrong with the comment of the day. So you agree with Kathy Wood, Dennis? Kind of right now. <laughs> you know what? All of a sudden, she was she was two months early saying there's a bubble in value. I'm kind of leaning towards her now. She's kind of she keeps saying it enough. Eventually, there will be a bubble in value. I mean, it's went up. Value stocks went straight up, you know, for the last month and a half. Berkshire Hathaway. This is a huge move. Burke has went in ten trading days, went from three hundred to almost three thirty. I mean, three twenty four. You're talking. It's a big eight nine percent move straight up in 2022. I think they're exhausted. Am I thinking the long-term value trade is over? No, I think there's still some money in the long-term value. But if I'm a short-term swing trader, yesterday's candle makes me nervous to hold those value stocks. I'm not saying buy arc either. I don't know. I'd love to, and there's going to be a buying arc. I've tried it already. I keep trying it. I mean, if you're buying arc, you got to stop yourself out of the low again. Stop yourself out of yesterday's low. But there's no candle. There's no... Nothing to say that this isn't continuing to go lower and the valuations are still crazy and everything she holds. I don't even know. I, I don't even know. Like I'm a, not buying stocks right now at all. I, yeah, I know. Really? I, that seems to be the takeaway today. So, yeah, okay. I'm not really buying anything. Not right buying now. anything. Not really. I've been line. selling into strength. and you, then you, you know what's funny? I definitely expected so far to give back all its gains yesterday. And at least for a day, it held, which was super interesting. So... Uh, I'm I, definitely not saying buy growth. I'm I'm not buying I'm not buying anything right now. I'm buying nothing because I think we still got some pain ahead. I think the S&P party has just started. I mean, this 450 is critical. So you got trades, day trading, buying stocks all the time. I'll buy 100 stocks today. I will also short 100 stocks today. Day trading I'm always trading, but my swing trading, 
it's empty. The port swing trading portfolio is empty. Zero. When we were in 2020, I had like 50 swing longs on. None. Zero. Zilch. Nada. No swing trades on. Still my long-term investment portfolio. Swing trading portfolio is just empty because you know what? It might add some value shorts in there though. Like I will shorten my swing trading portfolio too, but it's always, you know, I always do better on the long side on the swing trades. The day trading, you know, because I can manage it better, the shorts. Uh, I, I feel like I, I now I do lots of shorting in my day trading portfolio. So right now, swing portfolio completely empty, not buying really anything, just kind of watching. But on my watch list, Unity software is still there. I tried to buy it the other day, stopped out. So, I mean, I thought it was going to, I thought it was going to be a hero and try to buy it at that low, that 114 low. Well, I made it and cut it through. So, I mean, that's, you know, stocks make new lows. You got to go. You got to stick to those rules. But I'm going to keep trying and I'll try Unity again. I, you know, and maybe I'm going to continue to chop myself up. But right now, I think, I think you're out just selling into strength right now. Um, I just had a name I was going to bring up. Oh, no, that's what it was. I I really just want to keep my eyes glued to the same three charts today, more so than usual, the SPY, the Qs, and the IWM, mostly because the IWM is in full-on breakdown here. The QQQ, obviously down 10% from the highs, is is notable. You can see for whatever. I know that Dennis doesn't care, but we are at the 200-day moving average right now, so that's an interesting level to be at. And I just want to see if the SPY follows suit, right? You've got two of the three or two of the four major indexes breaking down here. Spy also going the same way, but not quite to the same extent. Does it follow? That's where my eyes will be today. Just We're a bit oversold on them now. Like when I sold QQQs, it was 389. You notice what, you know, you've got to take your time horizon. So right now, if you're selling and going short, you're selling on the dip. Even, you know, like I know we have a four-point rally, so you say, okay, I'm going to sell into that because the Qs are up this morning. But, you know, you just got to look in, in perspective and, and look at the, you know, where I sold so you can see um, in my longer-term portfolio, which I never usually sell the QQQs out of there, but I sold some of them for the simple reason is that I thought there's more pain ahead. When we went from 370 to 390, I was like, this is just textbook, this 390s textbook resistance. And it and, and then the next count, candle was like right there that morning, not getting through it. I was like, I feel like we're going to roll over and I couldn't have timed it better. I literally sold like a 389 on my cues and we were like 381 later that afternoon. Now we're 366. So um, I, I, it's hard to just say this is the bottom because it's hitting the 200 day moving average. But is this a bounce opportunity in there? There's going to be little bounces all over the place. I, I think path of least resistance still lower the long term. All right, it's 9.01. Uh, I believe Peter Tuckman will be joining us today. He was feeling under the weather last week, but he's better now, or so I'm told. So I'm going to hang out for a few minutes and wait for Peter. Um, and I, I think we covered a lot of tickers. If we didn't get to your ticker, here's what I'll say. Uh, our very next show is basically in two two hours of ticker time, right? Ben, uh, live trading with Benzinga, you know, Ryan, Mitch, Junaid, they're doing their own thing, but they're also looking at the chat constantly and seeing what you are talking about, and they will look at what you want to look at. So stay tuned for that. That'll be after this show. Also wanted to say that, hey, this platform that's up on the screen, it's called Benzinga Pro. We use it every day. It's free. There's a free two-week trial for everybody. If you have not, at the very least, checked out the free two-week trial, you really, really, really should. It, the link, I'm going to put it up on the screen. It's pro.benzinga.com. We do offer discounts. Uh, BZ25 is available as a discount code. 
uh, to get 25% off. I believe that's the discount code. Uh, I'll, I'll confirm that. Uh, you can always message me or, or, or email us at shows at Benzinga.com uh, if you have any questions about that or any questions or feedback in general. But again, Benzinga Pro, check it out. Highly, highly recommend. We're, we, scanners, news, screeners, signals, halts, squawk, calendars, the gamut, right? Uh, all the things you need to, to, to trade during the day. So check that out uh, at, at, at one point. Uh, Dennis, uh, I know you're in a fast market out there, so I appreciate you hanging out. And uh, have a good rest of your day. Have fun. Have fun buying and selling today, Dennis. That's have what fun. I do. That's what he does. All right. Uh, I'm going to hang out for a few minutes. And give Peter some time. I hope he joins us today because if he doesn't, it'll be sad because it'll be two weeks in a row that he bailed, and that would be not great for 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 me and my psyche. In the meantime, what I will do is I will grovel for likes. So, how are we doing on the likes for today? We've got Peter says two seconds. Awesome, three hundred and nine likes now. Can we get to four hundred? by the end of Peter's segment. I think we can do it. Um doesn't cost you anything. Maybe it costs you a second of your life. But um, it helps us. It, it sounds dumb. I, I, I really do feel dumb saying it. But it, it, it does help. In the eyes of the YouTube algorithm that rules my life, um, it, it does help. So I appreciate all likes. Hey, you can, you can dislike us too. That's fine. Um, I'd much rather you give us feedback. I'd much rather you email us, right? Here's the email. Questions, comments, concerns, guests you want to hear from, you want to come on the show, email us. Any questions, we respond to emails. Shows at Benzinga.com. Seriously, I cannot say that enough. Um, What else did I want to say? Oh, yeah. You know what I should probably plug? Coming up this Saturday is our next Benzinga boot camp. Let me get you the link right now. Ba-ba-ba-ba. Our website is not. Maybe it's my computer. I think it's my computer. Being slow right now. There's the link. Okay. January 22nd, which is in two days. I'm I'm putting the link in the chat. There it is in the chat. And I'm going to put it on the screen as well. There's the link to learn more. Okay. Nine to five all day. This Saturday, uh, Luke will be there. Hot stocks. Luke, Neil Hamilton will be there. Those of you who keep saying that you miss Neil, you miss Neil. Neil will be there on Saturday. Uh, Anne Marie Band will be there. Uh, Chris Capri will be there. We have several Benzinga uh, experts. Uh, Nick Shaheen will be there. Uh, so full day. The, the agenda is on that page. It's on the screen. So check it out. Uh, seriously, it, it's uh, we're, we're doing these every month. And so this month is going to be Saturday, and it's a fantastic event. Fantastic event. I, I may even stop by for a few. All right. That being said, let's bring on Peter Talkman, the Einstein of Wall Street. Peter, what's up, man? how are we doing? Good to hear about boot camps. It's really the only uh, the only answer to this kind of a wild, crazy market is really to just be diligent, be a student of the market on a daily basis. What's up there, uh? What's up, Spencer? Well, what are you seeing out there? I keep going back to the overall, in, you know, indexes. You know, the the Q's breaking down, the Russell breaking down. And I'm curious, just your overall thoughts, and also just the 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 feeling. I mean, you're not there now, but but the feeling on the floor these days. I think there's a lot of curiosity. I think there's a lot of anxiety. To be perfectly honest, I sit with a number of gentlemen who 
are trading some big size from some institutions and some uh, major portfolio traders. And, um, you know, they are in a bit of a quandary as the way the market is acting, the fragility of the market, the reversal we saw yesterday, uh, every day's wild, wild, wild movements. Uh, you know, we've got to pay attention. The market's gotten my attention, right? You've got days where, look, we've seen bigger highs and bigger lows. We've seen rotations, corrections, sell-offs, and all these different things. But the amount of moving parts that are go that 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 are that are sort of in the nooks and crannies of the economics of this, right? To try and really understand, um, you know, the effect on the four interest rates next year it's going to have on the high growth stocks, the effect uh, of all of this on the bank stocks, the sort of mushy uh, first step releases of the earnings for the uh, quarter. Um, yeah, uh, you know the uh, treasuries and whatnot. So there's a lot of economic stuff going on. Some bits of news today, you know, about jobless claims and whatnot. Um, and just look, let's just analyze the price action of the market. You know, I don't, I don't think there's a playbook once again for what we're seeing. I don't think anybody could purport to be that smart to look at all this economic info that we're being barraged with, plus Omicron, plus the challenges to wages and inflation, plus you know. I mean, think about it. On any given day, there is so much stuff going on right now, and it's reflecting in the price action. I don't. I'm not clear that people who are trading the market, whether they're investing long term, taking on new positions, you know, buying stocks that have been pretty frothy and they have a shopping list and they're trying to invest for the future, or the wild millions of new traders, have any idea what's going on. And that's reflected in the price action of the market. Some of these moves, for no particular reason, yesterday's move. At two o'clock, you know, it, it, uh, I, I was more uh, um, of the school that two o'clock was going to be a, a, bit, a bit of a pop, right? We had a billion dollars to buy. The market felt like it was ready to sort of take off. And it just went straight down and it kept going down. It was almost like a whale was selling the S&P 500 from two to 250 and it felt broken. And it was setting itself up for a huge reversal in a day. Today, we're having an early morning bounce back as far as I can see. But we are seeing from one day to the next 500 point moves. We're starting to see some some volatility that we haven't seen since, you know, that post Omicron release of Thanksgiving, where every day is throwing you something different. Is it bottom feeding? You know, who's winning out? Are, you know, the bulls winning out or the bears winning out? Where, you know, are there people bottom fishing? Are people covering shorts? Are people putting on a heavy sell side bet for the future? Is there option layoff stuff? You know, I, I, I am I'm. It's got my attention. I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to understand. Uh, Peter, we have a Fed meeting next week, next Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, so let's just assume the Fed sticks to the script and they say that, uh, yep, they've uh, finished with with the taper, uh, and uh, they've had more discussions about the unwinding of their balance sheet or, or the runoff. And yeah, the, now that they're done, now that now we have a clear path for rates going forward. I'm not going to say they're going to raise rates next week, but let's just say that they re- reiterate that guidance they've already given. If they stick to the script with all that, does you know? Does the market is the market cool with that? I'm not. Sure. Uh, to be perfectly honest, I'm really not clear about that. Yeah, you know, I think that the way that the the decision making process of why people are getting into long look, the majority of the market are, are are people investing other people's large sums of money. There's a lot of AUMs 
around in the billions and billions of dollars and they have an opinion yeah. and i'm not i'm not in their pocket to understand their opinion or presume or predict it right and i'm not there to understand or presume to and predict how they're going to position themselves in this new world relative to a four interest rate raises next uh this it's it's this year but it feels like it's going to be next year i'm not sure how the market will 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 will, will um sorry oh my god long day already um react the market will react okay to uh you know uh, uh uh perform is the word i wanted to use um when when the taper starts really taking effect, you know the timeline increases. They're moving parts here, yeah. so I, I I have to say I don't know. I, I mean that is the best answer, and I don't think that's a wrong answer. You know I think there are a lot of people out there who think they know what's going on. I think they've been proven wrong every day in the first fifteen days of friggin' January. We see volatility is really here to stay. Earnings seem a little bit weaker. You know the Fed meeting uh, it, it will be once again. You and I have spoken about. Spoke about about it many Wednesdays, you know, that the market reaction will be uh, of one of gyration as different people with different opinions react to how they interpret this stuff. There's so many, not only they're moving parts economically, but there are moving parts in that how people will position themselves, how they will react and how the market will perform around all this fascinating, huge, huge information, right? It's a huge deal. Going from zero, zero, zero in the midst of a pandemic, we still have a pandemic, we're going to rise interest rates into a market that's really kind of in a bit of a quandary on its own. Tech already in bullish territory in the first two weeks of 2022, right? Some rotations, some corrections, wild volatile moves in, in individual names. Uh, you know, I think people are really scurrying to try and figure out, what do I do? If I Think about it, Spencer. If you had a billion or you had $400 billion dollars, or a hundred million dollars to manage right now, where would you be? How would you be, uh, you know, what would your P&L look like for the month, for the month, for the year, right? How did you come out of last year? I mean, I think people are a bit skittish, a bit anxious. I think they're scurrying around trying to figure this out because in the old days, there was somewhat of a predictatory, yep. predictatorial uh, way to manage assets, right? You know, understand the economics of it all. And I, it's beyond me, man. And I've been around for a while. Peter Tuckman, uh, I'm Son of Wall Street. Link to his trading course is in the description. Can't recommend that enough. Peter, uh, a, a pleasure as always. Glad you're feeling better. And uh, keep well, up. Thanks, buddy. Everyone should be forever a student of the market. Go check out the boot camp on Benzinga. Go check out Wall Street Global Trading Academy. Technical analysis and risk management are the only defense against this volatility, guys. Good parting words. Good parting words. Um, okay, we got to hop here. Live trading with Benzinga starting up in like two minutes. I got to hop before that. So everyone, you know what to do. Hit that like button. Hit subscribe. Thank you to Peter. Thank you to Mark. Thanks to all of you in our chat. Please remember that all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes, not for investing or trading advice. We're done. Live trading starting now-ish. I'm going to hop off. Let's go make some money today. Have a good one, everyone. Good luck at the open. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. 
Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Ah, spring. Nothing like the world progressing towards summer to inspire your own progress. That's what life's all about. In your career, relationships, and your finances. Let's talk about that last one. With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, it's easy to start building credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments with no annual fees or interest. So your weekly grocery run can feel even more productive. And that morning coffee can taste like a little victory. And if your credit scores grow, so could your opportunities to get lower rates on loans, like for a new ride or finally having a home to call your own. Sounds like progress, right? With Chime's Secure Credit Card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started today at chime.com slash build. That's chime.com slash build. Chime feels like progress. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to chime.com slash disclosures for details.